As this is the first Sunday of Advent, we have a few different things going on. First of all, the obvious, the change of the color of the vestments to the preparation color. Advent, preparation, penitence, all reminding us of the darkness of this period and the, the quietness of this period as we look forward to the whole preparation of what we are looking for, toward. You will see the Advent wreath on my left. After the homily, we will bless the Advent wreath and light the first candle of the four weeks of Advent. Earlier today, the children were able to have their little get-together and they decorated this tree. Again, preparing us for the direction we're going into. Now, we could easily say the direction we're going into is December 25th, but the scriptures are our aid tonight to give us a full picture of what we're looking forward to. So it, I, I think it's appropriate for us to recall what the scriptures are all about and the, the history as a Judeo-Christian community that we have. The first reading so beautiful from the prophet Isaiah, took place historically after the Jews and their temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians. People went off to Babylon and they stayed there. And then there was a change of command and a king called Cyrus released all the Jews. And many of them came back to Jerusalem to find it devastated. The temple was gone. Everything they knew was gone. And tongue to cheek, Isaiah is saying, some people are encouraging the Jews that are up in Babylon to stay there. Don't bother coming home. There's nothing here. However, the Jews have a very special relationship with Mount Zion, the Temple, and Jerusalem. That was the place where they would meet God, and the Temple was gone. So the liturgy, the liturgy, the, the celebrations, the prayers of the people of, the, of Israel starts changing, and they're returning to realize that they have to get work done. They have to build the temple. So Isaiah is saying, you know, Lord, we messed up. We were sinners because we contributed to our own destruction. And he even refers to the people of Israel as sinful people, unclean people, polluted rags, and we're like withered leaves, and our guilt carries us away. However, once we acknowledge that, something changes, like we do at the beginning of Mass. We ask the Lord to be with us. We pray the Kyrie, or the Lord have mercy. We acknowledge our sinfulness. Now we don't have to be great sinners, but we're not perfect. And when we sin, we come to cleanse ourselves before the Lord and ask Him 
okay, whatever I did this week, whatever I screwed up on this week, forgive me. If we're serious, we have the sacrament of confession, reconciliation. But every one of us can ask the Lord for forgiveness for whatever, whatever went on in our week. So that's our format in the liturgy. It's also the format of the prophet Isaiah acknowledging that we were sinful, that we contributed to the destruction of our own city, of our own temple. However, we haven't given up on you, Lord. You call us. You call us as a father. You call us as a potter, making pottery. When one makes pottery, and I've had that experience, you get a misshapen piece of clay and you focus it on the wheel and you throw your whole self into it as you shape it as the wheel goes around. Isaiah chose that metaphor. How beautiful. The people, and that includes us, reshaping ourselves in the hands of the potter, God. We're called to reshape ourselves as we are called to listen and hear God our Father. This is our opportunity. We're talking about Isaiah 600 years before Christ. But this 2023 is our opportunity to reshape ourselves, to come before the Lord during these four weeks of, of Advent, asking forgiveness, asking for guidance, asking for strength, asking for insight. All the things that we know the people of Israel were asking God for through their prophets and through their leaders. We're in that same boat. They are preparing for a greater revelation of God. And so are we. They want God to reveal himself miraculously. And they even say, can you tear open the clouds and the skies and come down? In ancient Greek mythology, and that was used quite a bit in ancient literature, there is a phrase called Deus Ex Machina. Literally, God through machinery. And when the Greek plays were being performed and they needed a, quote, divine intervention, someone backstage would pull this pulley and a, quote, God would come down to rescue the hero, take him up, and they would pump it again, and he would experience redemption, being saved. Isaiah is not using the exact same terminology, but he is saying, God, we need you here. We need you right here on this earth. And God's already given us his methodology. He's, gonna, he's our creator. And he's left it in our hands to give this creation back to him. Our own century, our own year, Many of us have that same experience, crying to God, God, end the war in Russia, end the war in the Middle East, bring peace, come out of the clouds, come down here, and do what we should be doing. 
Were we causing the, the war in the Middle East? Are we causing Ukraine and Russia? No. Are we causing the persecution of Christians in Africa and throughout the world? No. But humanity is. So God gave creation into our hands so that we could give it back to him shaped correctly. Not misshapen. Sometimes if you throw a piece of clay in, on the wheel and you don't balance it correctly, really, 100%, balance is important, it'll go flying off the wheel or you'll have a misshapen pot. Isaiah knows what he's talking about. We need to return to God and take him seriously because we, on our own, without God, are misshapen pots. And we're doing the wrong thing. We, as we light the candles and light the trees and get ready and sing the songs and all that good stuff, we, we should be ready and preparing the world for the Messiah, the return of Jesus. Is that what's being celebrated? Is that what all the fuss was about a few nights ago when the big tree was lit? Getting ready for the Messiah? Is that what all the fuss on the main streets of our cities, all the cities, all about? Getting ready for the Messiah? Oh, no, I, 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 think, it's, I think it's a little different than that. I think it's getting ready for good sales. It's getting ready for an extended Black Friday. It's getting ready for really good bargains if you arrive at the right store at the right time and bring the right coupons. See how we're doing it wrong? And it's not only Christians, the whole world has joined in. Because it's very powerful to prepare for something that doesn't mean Jesus, doesn't mean God, but means a few more bucks in our pocket. So we are being called by Isaiah and the church on this first Sunday of Advent to prepare, to put ourselves in the hands of the potter, God, to regard him as our father, and to trust him, to assist us, to do what Jesus in the Holy Gospel of Mark says tonight, watch. Be alert and be watchful. We can light as many of these as, as we wish throughout the world, and they'll give us an artificial glow off of their lights. But that's not really being alert and being watchful for the Messiah. That's not really getting ready for the second coming. Oh, it's getting ready for December 24th and 5th, guaranteed. But Advent is pre preparation for us to get ready to welcome the Messiah the second time, the return. And the action each day of our lives should be moving us toward that preparation. That's why Jesus in Mark's Gospel says, be alert. You don't know when God's coming back. When God's coming back in what we call the parousia, the end of time. 
when God's coming back in each of our own limited lifetimes? We don't know. But Jesus is saying, you're in charge. So now he's taken the mission of the people of God. You're in charge. Take care of this earth. Take care of one another. Be on guard. Avoid sin. Avoid things that hurt people. Avoid greed and prejudice. Get ready. Get this world ready for my son's return in glory. And Jesus, he's so simple and to the point in Mark's Gospel especially, watch. Watch. Be ready. I say this to everybody. Get ready. And as we are getting ready, we could look at our news feeds, and we could also acknowledge the fact that we're messing up big time. The world. Now you and I are not in charge of the Palestinian conflict. No, we know that. But our representatives have a voice. And we do have a voice. The voice of prayer. The voice of reason. The, the voice of justice in avoiding further conflict on one side or the other. Further conflict, whether it is through anger, prejudice, hate, greed. We do have that possibility. We do have that strength. But we've got to use it every day as we watch and pray. This one big beautiful package. And Paul's letter tonight to the people of Corinth, he had to set them straight. It's a great wealthy city, reminiscent of New York City, with all the ups and downs, with all the mistakes and all the advantages of culture and politics and greed and poverty. And Paul was talking to the Christians, but he could be talking uh, Paul's letter to the people of New York, people of the United States, people of the world. First of all, he gives thanks that he knows God, and that's important for us. He gives thanks that he has a relationship with God, and he's speaking to us in this letter in God's name and acknowledges that he was sent to give testimony to Jesus about Jesus Christ to us. People of Corinth, yes. But this is God's word. It's the living word. So what he's saying to the people of Corinth, he's saying to us, he will keep you firm if you are sinless, if you work for peace, if you are faithful, if you acknowledge him. He will keep enriching you with the knowledge of faith. Again, don't let that just pass you by. If we have knowledge, as the scriptures teach us, of Jesus Christ, we're connected to God. It's not just a pretty phrase. It's not poetry. And Paul is reminding us that we have that connection. Reiterated in Isaiah, revealing God as potter and father. 
pushing us along in Mark's gospel to watch and get ready for this coming of the Lord. He calls it the day of the Lord, Paul. Day of the Lord, second coming, uh, parousia, all meaning the same idea, Jesus Christ coming back. He reminds us that God is faithful, and through Jesus you were called into fellowship with his Son. Now put the package together. This is our Advent. The Scriptures gave us an overview of the original Advent. Praying for the coming, Isaiah, of the Messiah. Corinthians, praying for the return of Christ in glory. Mark, saying, just be aware. Stay tuned. Be alert. So we're all here together on this first Sunday of Advent. Doing it again. Doing it again. Removing as much hate and prejudice and greed as we can. Not starting out there, but starting right here with each one of us. In our own thinking, in our own homes, with our own families. Placing our intentions before God. Yes, we pray for our own intentions. Yes, we pray for peace. Yes, we pray for the removal of greed off our streets and, and, and the housing of homeless people. But none of that happens without our efforts. So we throw our whole selves into the scriptures tonight as we alert, prepare for Christmas. As we alert, prepare for the return of the Messiah. This is our Advent. We begin it in peace and a great deal of hope. Lord, in your goodness, we ask your blessings upon us as we stand and bless our Advent wreath. And together we pray, Lord God, your church fully awaits the coming of its Savior, who enlightens our hearts and dispels the darkness of ignorance and sin. Pour forth your blessings upon us as we light the candles of this wreath. May their light reflect the splendor of Christ, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen.